Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Great to have you back on board the McCafe menu. Still has Andy Harper. Miles Fitzner is going to join us uh, all things uh, racing this weekend as well. Will Hayden-Smith to talk uh, surfing and Michael Laminato with the Formula One Circus Moving to Miami this weekend. That's all thanks to McCafe, our official coffee partner. But our next order of business is to have a chat to a man who played 270 games for his beloved Essendon. In fact, he won a pair of best and fairest at the club and now, of course, lends his expertise to us here at AFL Nation while steering the big player management firm, Phoenix Management. Scott Lucas, good morning to you and thanks a lot for your time. No problem. Good to uh, have a chat, Sam. Uh, great to have you on board, mate. Friday night footy uh, should be should be raucous tonight. A sellout, the Blues and uh, the Brisbane Lions. Do, do you look at this game, Scott, thinking it might mean more for the home side? I mean, we like. I think we know who Brisbane are, but how sure are we on Carlton? I, I think that's fair, Sam. I mean, Carl, Carlton's win losses is, is okay. They're six on the ladder, but it's been the manner in which they've gone about a couple of games that has. People, I think, and probably themselves, just you know, doubting where they're at and what this all means. But you're right, the Brisbane Lions, although their best wins have, have been at home uh, against Melbourne and Collingwood, uh, they've been solid on the road. Uh, I think it does mean more for Carlton, but at the same time, the Lions are a really interesting team. I mean, they're going to most likely finish top four, but it'll come down to what they do in the finals. As we've seen them in the past, they've finished in a really strong position and they haven't got the job done. So that'll be their challenge. But Carlton need to keep playing well. A, a big win last week, but we've got to put that in context and go, well, what does it actually mean with West mm. Coast and where they're at? But sometimes it can be a real confidence boost that you get a little bit of system going. Uh, Kerno's been playing great football, but he gets another nine, so his confidence is high. So it can play a couple of guys into form if needed. So it'll be, it's a really big game, and we'll know a lot more about Carlton after tonight, I think. Now, Scotty, you spent obviously a large part of your career with Matty Lloyd alongside you in, a, in a, I guess, a two-pronged setup. What have you made of the Mackay-Kerno pairing? I mean, obviously, as you mentioned, the latter is white hot, and the former has had his challenges this year. Yeah, look, uh, I reckon... Uh, Harry Mackay's had his opportunity. So sometimes you look at it and you go, well, he's just... And Charlie's a star. I mean, he'll find the ball anyway. But you, you look at it and you go, well, Mackay's not playing great. How are they going working together? I think they're working together fine because if you look at the raw numbers, Mackay's had plenty of shots at goal. It's mm. just he's got a, a flaw that he needs to work on in terms of how he approaches. So if you look at him compared to... Uh, Jeremy Cameron. We see Jeremy Cameron when he kicks around the corner. There's a really clear process and he's in no doubt as to what he's doing. It looks like he's rehearsed it and he's at ease with what he's doing. I feel Harry at times is not sure which kick he should approach having the shot at goal with. Now, he's an excellent field kick. So he has good hand-eye. He's got good technique and control. Mm. I see him kick it around the field like he does and think, I reckon when you shoot for goal, you should go the drop punt more often. 
but for some around the corner, like Jerry Cameron, it works best. So he's just got to work on his routine and his goal kicking because he's still getting his shots. So I'd say overall it's working okay. But as they say, drive for show, putt for dough, and that's where he'll get the real uplift in his form. Because as you say, you know, you have five shots of goal, you kick five straight, you're best on ground, you kick one goal four, and yeah. you've had a poor day. I know, but it's funny, isn't it? Like, goal kicking and the art of it has been debated forever and will continue to be. And I guess it's a it's a source of a lot of bewilderment among the supporters who think, well, and, and you know, you go to Carlton Training and Harry Mackay spends hours practising his goal kicking mm. and they would struggle to reconcile with the fact that he still doesn't have a set method when he lines up. But half the time it looks like he's deciding whether to go around the body or go the drop punt. Would mm. you encourage him yeah. to just to pick one routine and just tie yourself to that? Oh, I think so. Yeah. Absolutely. Because too many times he's kicked around the corner and hit the wrong side of the ball. Yeah. So it's a kick he doesn't he likes to do but doesn't feel comfortable with. And goal kicking is a mental game, just like putting in, in golf, Sam. So you've really got to feel comfortable with your technique. So you should never be thinking about the outcome, in my opinion. It's all about the process, whereas I think he's getting caught up in what process rather than owning what he's going to do and go, if I do A, B, and C, this will work out instead of, okay, I've got to kick this goal, I've got to kick this goal. Mm. So it's a real mind game in general for those goal kicking and he I think he needs to simplify in the sense to go okay if I'm here this is it and then not be do I kick it around the corner do I kick a drop punt mm, mm. Hey, I wanted to ask you about Sydney obviously lost four of the last five and Collingwood at the MCG this weekend Scotty grand finalists last year obviously have been hit hard by injury are, are they in a bit of a hole and, and if so do you think they can get themselves out of it Oh, no doubt they're in a hole. Their win-loss says that, uh, and you're right. Uh, a lot of clubs have got injuries. Where they've had the injuries has been critically important. Like they've, If we look at the Geelong performance, I mean, Callum Mills, an All-Australian midfielder, was playing full-back for a period of time. So you can't escape that fact that the backman that they've had out of the team has severely compromised their ability to win and keep the opposition down. I mean, I'd thought that the... Giants' form had been pretty strong. I covered the game the week before for AFL Nation against Brisbane, and they were very good. Their midfield was excellent. It was just the efficiency of Brisbane up forward that got them over the line in Canberra. So the form line of the Giants, okay, all the key metrics last week for the Swans said they should have won. Yeah. Really. Just a little bit of inaccuracy. Three stoppage goals in the last quarter hurt them, become structural, and a little bit down on confidence, no doubt. There's no greater challenge than they've got this week against the Pies. But from a big picture point of view, I think they can fight their way back because there's too much quality in their team. Do you think Essendon, your old mob, can ask the right questions of Port Adelaide, Scotty? So, uh, real improvement. I mean, they're 4-3 they're and three on the season. They won just the seven games last year. Defensively, it looks like they've still got some issues, but certainly their ball movement's been exciting. They've already won at Adelaide uh, Oval this year, albeit that was in Gatherer, but it was a big scalp. It was against Melbourne. This will be a good game as well on the Sunday afternoon. You're right, Sam. And look, they're four and three. They were four and one. And really, they've played two poor quarters the last two weeks against two of the best sides. The last quarter against Collingwood, mm. the first quarter against Geelong. Uh, their backs got exposed. Laverde's a bigger loss than I think most would expect. And we saw that with Hawkins' eight goals. But it was in and around the middle of the ground early on. Blitzars and Dangerfield got hold of them from centre clearance. And from there, your backs were under too much pressure. Pressure. Porter got a quality midfield. We saw the Hornet last week play some super football. Boke, Wines, there's a really good compliment through there. So Essendon will have their work cut out. They really will. 
Ford have showed that there's a real quality about their team. You get some confidence from winning in Adelaide. And as you said, it was against Melbourne. Not sure how relevant, um, <laughs> but they're much improved. They are. There's, there looks to be a more sustainable plan and game in place at the moment, but they'll have their ups and downs. They're a young team that are, that are trying to play their best football and expose some younger players as Brad Scott learns as much as he can about the list this year, I imagine. Speaking of Scott Lucas, hey, Scotty, if you're able to quickly put your player-manager hat on for a second before we leave you, obviously look after some of the biggest names in the game at Phoenix. The, uh, I guess the official confirmation that Tasmania will enter the competition, most likely to be 2028. How does it affect the the industry and, and I guess, the scope of player movement? And are these conversations already happening with you and with clubs about what the future might look like? Oh, look, the, the key aspect of it, I, I think, Sam, is the date. And with the view that 2028 is the year, I imagine a, a few of uh, fellow managers will be looking perhaps <laughs> to... And we heard Danger's comments yesterday around contracted play. Well, if that doesn't get up, then I imagine there'll be a few of us that are looking to have contracts expire at the end of 2027 yep. so, we can, uh, <laughs> so we can have some freedom of movement for players to go to Tasmania or, look, let's be honest, create a little bit of leverage with the incumbent <laughs> club. You know how this works. And, exactly. and clubs, will, clubs will, will be well aware of that. But as we always say, and we've seen players at good teams and others sign really long-term contracts because they believe in what you're doing. So if the club's going about it in the wrong way, in the right way, they mm. develop a strong culture, players generally don't leave. And we've looked at how the Giants and the and the Gold Coast were configured uh, and all the players that they approached, not a lot left at the end of the day, did they? So I, I think it'll be very much and critically important how they put the rules in place and put it together that gives Tasmania that chance early on to be successful and so that they can hit the ground running whilst balancing up all the other clubs, because at the same time, we've got to respect those that may be mm. struggling right now in our in, in a competition that, you know, clubs that have been around for 100 years. So we've got to consider all the stakeholders in this and, and come, come up with something that works for everyone, I think. And as the rules unfold, we'll act accordingly. Yeah, uh, dangerous comments yesterday, certainly threw the cat amongst oh, the pigeons. I imagine there'd be a few list managers that, <laughs> you know, were up in arms, as you can imagine. I mean you look at some of the players that are signed long-term and clubs have put real investment into them beyond 2027 and 2028. Yeah. They, they won't want to be at risk of losing them. And I think that's fairly reasonable also. Yeah. I think it was made worse by the fact he wasn't overly fussed on compensation either. So that was something that, that, um, well, that put... And respectfully, I mean, the, the players and the players association, you've got, you always back self-interest, isn't it? Yeah. And I think, Danger will most likely be retired by then. Uh, don't want to write him off the way that he played last weekend, but he looks after a cohort that are always looking at, at ways to maximise both their earning capacity, career opportunities, etc. So yeah. he's well within his rights. I'm sure the clubs will have a slightly different view, and <laughs> that'll get work, that'll get uh, all worked out in due course. Yep, I reckon it'll be slightly different. All right, hey Scotty, great to have you on the line, mate. Really enjoyed the chat. You're going to be part of Crunch Time, of course, this Sunday from midday alongside Sarah Ollie and Tommy Morris. Appreciate it, mate. Have a good weekend. Thanks, Sam. Cheers. Hey Scott Lucas, there, Essendon legend and uh, player manager, of course, at uh, Phoenix and part of the AFL Nation commentary team here. We need to get to a break after it. We're going to have a little buddy bit.